What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, uh-huh. What is up? We are back with another edition of the Steeler Nation podcast. Steeler Nation podcast episode seven. Big news, we're also on YouTube. Just search us on YouTube, SteelerNation.com on YouTube. Our podcasts are now there. And also if you search the Steeler Nation podcast on iTunes and that podcast app, you will find us there. So we're getting this broadcasted. A pretty big amount of to go towards the Android network too. So we will definitely get to the Google Play Store, all that type of stuff. We'll get to that definitely in the future. But anyway, football is back. The Kansas City Chiefs with a huge statement win over the New England Patriots, 42-27 to last night in the opening Thursday night matchup. All this hype around the Patriots. Are they a 16-0 and team? They had they got some injuries. They had Now they have even more injuries. They had no Julian Edelman, he's out for the season. No Malcolm Mitchell, he's been placed on the injured reserve. Those were two big weapons for Tom Brady last season. During this game, another receiver went down. Danny Amendola went down. So that makes you think that he was punt returning balls too, which probably Edelman would have done. And now that he's down, if he's down long-term, that's going to make you think they're going to bring up a former Steeler from the practice squad like DeMarcus Ayers, especially as a punt return guy. Ayers is actually making 10K on the practice squad, and it's usually over just 7.5K per practice squad player, but he's actually making a good amount past that. So Ayers may be the next guy on the New England roster, but New England, watching that game last night, the first, the start of the game, it looked like New England was on fire. I was like, wow, these guys, they can win with anybody. They started off the game, scored immediately, then Got the ball back off the fumble by Kareem Hunt, which he had a monster game. And the fumble was his first carry of his career, actually. So uh, we'll get more into him as we talk more about the Chiefs. But sticking with the Patriots, Kareem Hunt, or after the Kareem Hunt fumble, they went down through touchdown to Gronk, but it was overturned. So they ended up having to go for it, actually, on fourth down, which they got stopped. But the touchdown... It just looked like in the first couple minutes of the game, first five minutes, six minutes of the game, the Patriots had this one pretty much locked up. They were still, like, disgustingly good. But wasn't the case. Kansas City got in there, made it a 17-14 game going to half, and then Kansas City just took over. And Alex Smith proved a lot of people wrong. He went 
28 of 35 for 368 yards and four touchdowns. Alex Smith, he's been talked about as a game manager. Some QBs don't like that, and he does do that a lot. He's a a great quarterback because of it, but the 368 and four touchdowns, he was out to make a statement last night. But anyway, before we keep going about that game last night, and I'm just so excited, Steelers, two more days till kickoff. We're actually we're going to be joined by Alex Kazara. He's of SteelerDepot.com. We'll talk to him a little about preview of the game tonight. And I think we actually have him on the line now today. So I think we got Alex now from SteelerDepot.com. How are you doing today? I'm good, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. No problem. Thanks for taking a couple minutes with us today. So yeah, anyway, no getting right into it. Yeah, anyway, getting right into it. So Steelers, Cleveland, a couple days away. You've been there. You've seen the training camp. You've seen a lot of it. Um, not not many injuries for the Steelers, just Hawkins and Dupree. So Dupree is questionable. But with all you've seen, with Martavis Bryant back, Le'Veon Bell finally back, what are your expectations for this game this weekend? Uh, you know, obviously Pittsburgh's going to be the favorite, but I always caution any time that it's week one and teams have ample time to prepare, any time that you're facing an AFC North opponent like the Browns, they're going to be tough, competitive, and generally speaking, close games. And any time you're facing, I think in a lot of key ways, a new-look Browns team, I think a better team this year than what they feel in the past. You know, you have a new quarterback in Deshaun Kaiser. You have a new defensive coordinator in Greg Williams. Um, it's hard to necessarily prepare for them perfectly because there's not a lot of film, at least in Cleveland. You know, Kaiser, you can go back to his Notre Dame tape a little bit, his preseason tape. Greg Williams, you can go back to New Orleans and with the Rams. But, you know, you just never know exactly what you're going to get. And I think when you face a team that I think has two really good play callers, Hugh Jackson, you know, their head coach and offensive coordinator, who is my favorite play caller in the NFL that throws a ton at you pre-snap and Greg Williams who kind of runs a more man heavy version of kind of LeBeau's defense that mixes in a ton of blitzes um, there's a lot to be thrown at in week one Um, so you know while this is still Cleveland and they still have a lot of problems and the Steelers are obviously the clear and heavy favorites um, I don't think this game is going to be a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination right and the Steelers also with a very dominant offense especially getting Bryant back. Do you expect Bell, or Bell back now as well, do you expect Bell to get his normal carries, or do you expect it to be cut down a little bit? think Connor could jump in there and get a few carries since Bell has been out for so long? Do you see him jumping back to his normal workload? I, I think Bell is, is normal Bell. I don't think there's going to be really any hesitation, any limitation on him. I mean, yeah, you might see Connor get a series or some short yardage work. I remember the Steelers did that with D'Angelo Williams a little bit, I think, two years ago. Um, in certain games, getting you know some short yardage packages for 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 him. So maybe you see that with Connor, but you know you're going to get the regular 20, 25 touches for Le'Veon Bell. I don't think the team's going to uh, hold him back one bit. How much do you think it helps that Miles Garrett won't be playing this game? Uh, it's definitely a, a, an upgrade and a positive thing for Steelers fans. You know, I watched his preseason tape, and it, you could see why he was the number one overall pick uh, for, for how big be. he is and how. <laughs> Yeah, and how flexible he is and how good of an athlete he is. You know, I'm a big Phil Nueva fan, but definitely would have caused problems. So, you know, you lose one of the – would have been probably their top pass rusher, and um, now it's going to have to come from guys like Ogba, um, maybe Carl Nassib, Nate Orchard, guys like that. So, yeah, the defensive line for the Browns, you know, they don't have Danny Shelton out there who's missed the whole preseason with, I think, a knee injury. Um, He's questionable for Sunday. So, if you don't have Gary, you don't have Shelton. Those are two huge losses for the Browns. But I will say this. 
Um, you know, Greg Williams does a great job of manufacturing pressure and creating pressure. So, you know, I think they're able to overcome some of that because they're not a team that relies on just a four-man rush, even though they are a 4-3 team. Um, they're going to run a, a lot of stuff. It looks like what the Steelers do, corner uh, blitzes, safety blitzes, fire X, you know, third down is kind of where Greg Williams goes to work. So um, the big key, I think, just for the Steelers' offense line is just that communication. Um, anytime that you're having to set protections and picking up suns and, any, you know, communicating any information, um, the communication has to be perfect and it has to be, you know, on point and quickly done and, and well-received. So um, if they can do that, and partially that means staying out of third and longs, which is true for any team, any situation, but I think even more so against the Browns, if you can stay in those third and manageables um, and not force, you know, Ben to take five and seven step drops, then your offensive line will, will thank you for it. Most definitely. And like you said, Miles Garrett, he really did prove in preseason why he's an absolute stud and why he was the number one pick. But I'm really interested in the guy in a guy like Joe Hayden, Pittsburgh signed. I mean, I I really like the signing. I, I didn't. Some people were a little bit down on it because of injuries and stuff. I want to know what your take is on Joe Hayden, how he could play the rest of the season, how he plays this week. What do you, what's your take on him? Well, you know, you have to respect the Steelers for being aggressive and uh, identifying a need. And, you know, Ross Cockrell definitely struggled in the preseason, and now he's with the Giants um, and going out there and getting the guys that they liked a lot. Um, and it is an upgrade. I, I don't deny that. But I am worried, and I do believe that the perception of who Joe Hayden is doesn't match the reality. This isn't the guy that was the pro bowler three years ago. Um, injuries have taken their toll, and, yes, he says he's healthy, but went down that path with Brandon Boykin, Ladarius Green. It didn't work out that way. And even if he's healthy now, you know, how much does he have left? Um, is he still that same guy? And I don't think he is. So um, he's he's a good tackler. He's got good ball skills. Um, you know, he's going to fit in some ways. I just think he's not a guy you can no longer put in press man, you know, 90% of the time and expect him never, to never get burned. I think that's going to be an issue with him. So I think if you play him a little bit more in off coverage, I think if you use some more bail technique um, just to try to maybe mask a, a lack of speed that he might have, um, you know, he's going to be better off for. I, I think if this would have been the old Dick LeBeau cover three uh, defense, he would have been a really good fit. But in a team that wants to go with more man, um, I think the fit is a little, you know, it's not the best fit, um, but you understand the move. Um, I don't care about the contract. It's basically a year-to-year deal. You can make it work, and it certainly is an upgrade over a guy like Ross Cockrell or Cody Sensible. Right, and what you you got into about the man, the Steelers want to run more of that this season. Like, I was just going to actually get into that. Do, do you think with adding a guy like Hayden and a somewhat newer secondary, younger secondary with a guy – Adding him, do you think that they're they're going to run more man in the zone than they did last year? Well, I think regardless of, of who they brought in, whether it was Hayden or they didn't, you know, make a move at all, um, they were going to play some more man coverage because you know I think that you know, what the Patriots showed uh, last year was that you have to be able to run that. But you know, I get asked that question a lot, and while I agree that yes, they are going to play more man, I don't try to get too hyper focused on that. I think I think the bigger takeaway from wanting to play more man is just the idea of being more varied on defense the big issue the Steelers had last year even against New England which I know a lot of people point to just zone coverage but it was it was their predictability and some of their blitz and some of their responses to what you know the Patriots did um, that was super obvious and Tom Brady you know of course is going to be able to pick apart so anytime that you can you know mix in different coverages coverages and you're not just a straight cover two team last year Steelers played a ton of cover two last year I think because the secondary was so young a guy like Artie Burns was pretty 
raw and new to the system that you couldn't do a whole lot of advanced concepts with him. So it forced you to stay super vanilla. Um, so anytime that you can really mix up your coverages now and, and your personnel groupings and things like that, um, it's just going to make you less predictable and, and less vulnerable to some of those, you know, self-scouting problems. Um, so you're going to see some man, you're not going to see it 90% of the time, but you're going to see an uptick from it, but I care more about just the variety. So you're going to see man, you're going to see zone, you're going to see pattern matching. Um, I think the Steelers are going to stay in their base defense a little more this year. I think you're going to see some more dime defense. So I just think, the defense as a whole is not going to be a static. And, of course, the big thing is if this four-man rush can get more consistent pressure than in the past, then Keith Butler will feel less obligated to have to blitz. And, again, that will make this team less predictable, um, not blitzing because they have to, blitzing because they want to. And it's going to open up, you know, I think the playbook entirely for Keith Butler. Good stuff right there. Good stuff. But, anyway, sticking with the secondary, as we were keeping with them with the man in the zone, what do you think about a guy like Mike Hill? And had an absolute, he had a great preseason. What, what do you think about him? How do you see? How do you see where he fits on the field this season? Well, it sounds like he's going to start in the slot. I don't think that's been known, but he's you know continually to increase his reps. Um, you're right; he had a fantastic camp. He probably had the best camp of anybody, and definitely one of the darlings. And is one of those success stories of why you got to pay attention to the whole 90-man roster. Because I'm sure when he got signed to the practice squad in December last year, no one knew who he was, no one cared who he was. Same thing entering, you know, well entering camp this year, he had a little bit of noise because he had a good spring, but still, I think most you know the regular Steelers fan had no clue. Um, who Mike Hilton was, but he's, you know, shown the, the mentality uh, to be a Pittsburgh Steeler corner. I talked to Mike Hilton right before uh, training camp, and, you know, his big thing is just having the confidence because, you know, cornerback's a tough position. It's so it's so mental. Um, you're going to get beat. You're going to get burned. You're going to have bad plays, bad days. It's about being able to overcome that, not stringing, you know, those bad games or bad plays together. And that comes from confidence, and Hilton said that's something his parents instilled with him was to always be confident. And this is a guy that's been picked on and counted out for, I think, most of his football career. Um, small guy, 5'8", I think he'd be a buck 85, buck 90, um, that came to Ole Miss and, you know, never really had a true defined position, played everywhere. He played uh, in the slot, he played corner, he played safety, that rover position that Ole Miss had. Um, I think that really helped his football IQ and made him comfortable in any situation because he had that versatility. So, you know, in Pittsburgh, he's just a slot corner, but he's been able to hone his craft there, take what he's learned from playing all over the field. Um, and he's an aggressive guy who's physical and runs sport and a really good tackler for his size. So you know, I don't care how big you are as a corner. I care about how big your heart is. And he's a guy that can finish and make plays. So, you know, I think there's still some questions to be answered about him in coverage because he wasn't tested a ton in the preseason. Um, but you can understand why the team, you know, would want to make a, a shift there. Um, you know, and even if Hilton doesn't become the starting slot, you're probably going to see in some dime packages as well. And, again, I think the Steelers have a lot better corner depth this year than in the past, and that's going to let them be able to do things like play uh, some more dime defense. And like you said, Mike, he's, Mike Hilton's a really humble guy. He's got, got a big heart. He's a short guy, but he's, he's great. I think he's got a chance to be a great player. So, I mean, hopefully the secondary really steps up from pretty much what it was last year or early in the preseason, as we saw against Atlanta, that they kind of got lit up in the first quarter, but now adding guys like Joe Hayden and J.J. Wilcox. What do you think of Wilcox? Do you think he's going to see a lot of the field this weekend with the little bit uh, banged up Mike Mitchell? Yeah, I'm not sure about this week for Wilcox. He's another guy that you could throw into that dime conversation. You know, in the past, I always figured the Steelers wanted to go with a third safety in their dime packages. Um, you know, they had Robert Gold in the last two years. I, that might have shifted because 
they're asking, you know, the safeties to man up, and it isn't always ideal. They're not always the most comfortable doing that. So we've seen a fourth corner come in, you know, Hilton and or William Gay to be that dime guy. So you might see Wilcox work his way in. They're certainly pros to that. He's a physical guy. He fits into the culture well. He's kind of like a Mike Mitchell type. Um, I do worry about him in man coverage. I worry about some of his change of direction, and I think his, his tackling is a little bit inconsistent. Um, he goes for the kill shot a little too often. But um, I think it was a, a move you had to make, especially knowing that you were going to lose Jordan Dangerfield and the struggles Robert Golden had. Um, you know, this is a guy that's played all over. He's played a single high. He's played the deep path. He can play in the box. He's got a little bit of experience as a dime linebacker before. So I think he's just another one of those chess pieces where, you know, depending on the game plan or depending on injuries or depending on performance, you're going to be able to find a place for him um, if you need him. So, again, I think it's that uh, extra tool in the tool belt for Keith Butler that let's say you want to do something new you know, whatever week it is, next week, week eight, week 14, you might be able to find, uh, might be able to insert, you know, J.J. Wilcox into whatever you want to do. So you gave, you, you know, you barely traded anything for him. Um, you know, that was a good deal, a smart deal. He restructured his contract, you know, saved the cap pit a little bit this year. So I think it was not a spectacular move, but a solid move all around. Especially with the injuries there in the secondary. But Alex, you were at training camp for most of the, all the training camp. And I just want to ask, like, how, how do you think Martavis Bryant is really going to show out this week? I, it seems like he's the same oh, Martavis I, as he has been in the past. What do you think? You know, I think it'll be a better version of Martavis Bryant in the past, which is, should be music to Steeler fans' ears. Um, he's put on weight. He's gotten his weight up to about 230 pounds. You know, he's talked about how he's taken training seriously for the first time in his life. I think it's going to make him more a physical player. He's going to do better at catch points. There's no loss of speed. He's still a big playmaker. Um, you know, that he's shown in the past. So um, he could he could lead the Steelers in touchdowns this year. It might not be A.B. because, you know, the Steelers want to get better in the red zone. Um, Brian obviously has the size. I think he's going to show the physicality this year to make him a really strong red zone threat. So I think Brian, you know, 10 to 12 touchdowns is not out of the question, and he could surpass A.B.'s total. For sure. Every time he was in the game, he was a, t- he's a touchdown machine. He almost scored every single game he's played pretty much. But uh, mm-hmm. before we – kind of let you go uh, I just wanted to get just a couple predictions out of you what do you think about the team to finish the year maybe record wise or anything like that and who do you think maybe the team MVP is Oh, man, you know, I'm really bad with team records. I always get this stuff wrong, and I kind of hedge my bets by just saying, you know, the, the classic 11 and 5, 10 and 6. Yeah. Uh, you know, the talent is, the talent is there, and, and the offense should be really strong if they can do better in the red zone, if they can play better on the road. That's kind of the last two steps for them. And the defense, I think, is going to be on the rise, and they're going to play a lot better than they did last year. Or at least they're going to play – similar to the way they did the second half of last year where the defense, I think, really kind of turned the corner. And, of course, getting T.J. Watt and getting Cam Hayward back um, are going to be huge additions along with the steps that Artie Burns and Sean Davis are going to take. But still, the Steelers will frustrate you with one or two bad losses, and they'll turn the ball exactly. over. They'll have some, <laughs> some dumb stuff happen. So it's hard for me to sit here and say that they're going to be a 13-3 and type team. So I kind of settled back in with an 11-5-ish kind of team. But should be the AFC North favorites. If they're not, something went terribly wrong. Um, should be in at least strong contention for the number two seed. If they're not, something went terribly wrong. Um, can they slay the Patriots? I, I get like. I get that on the daily, like that question. Uh, I don't know. I know the Patriots lost last night and the Chiefs kind of exposed them, but, you know, I take that with a grain of salt. Uh, I, I'll cross that bridge when it happens, I guess, when they when they face them midseason and any time after that. But uh, for Team MVP, uh, that's a good question. Um, 
and you could go in a million different directions. There's really no wrong answer here. I still think Le'Veon Bell is just such a unique guy, not only just how good of a runner he is and people talk about his patience and, you know, how well he, you know, catches the football and blocks and stuff like that. But to me, I think the most impressive and unique thing about Le'Veon Bell is just the snap count that he endures. This is a guy that plays about 90% of the time. He's done it for the last three years and no one even comes close to that number. So just for that high level of, efficiency and consistency he shows while playing just an absurd amount of snaps, um, I think is really remarkable with him. So I, I think for that reason that he's able to do something that no one else in the league can do and no one else can do it at his level either, um, makes him such a valuable guy and, you know, just something that you just can't replace schematically, personnel wise, you just can't do anything about it. So if I had to give you a, a guess and it's just a guess, but uh, I'd say Le'Veon Bell is gonna be your M V P And I'm gonna agree on both aspects of what you said there, I believe Le'Veon Bell is still an absolute monster, best running back in the league, like everything, receiving, running, everything combined. But with the record, too, I believe, like, this team's got the talent to be a 13-3 and team. It just – they have they have those games, like Miami last year, the first Ravens mm-hmm. game. They got, a, they got a couple of those games in them every year. So, hopefully, that isn't the yep. case this year. Hopefully, that's just something we say. But, again, Alex, thank you for taking a few minutes with us today on the Steeler Nation podcast. Really appreciate it. We'll stay in touch, and good luck with everything, and let's hope Steelers have a good season this year. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. I'll have to be on soon. Yeah, no problem. That was Alex Kazara. He's a writer and distributor or contributor for SteelerDepot.com. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we were discussing the game last night. We'll discuss the Kansas City type of things on their side of the ball, kind of how they exposed the Patriots last night. We'll talk more about the Steeler depth chart, preview a little bit of the game just like we did with Alex, and talk a little more about our partnerships and our new contributor. We'll be back on the Steeler Nation podcast. Podcast. So we just had Han Kazara. He's a contributor for SteelerDepot.com. Talked to him pretty much about the preview of this week's game, what he saw in training camp with Martavis Bryant, kind of his takes on J.J. Wilcox and Joe Hayden, the Steeler acquisition. Pretty much all of the above is a couple of his predictions. And we got a lot out of Alex today, so it's nice to have him on today. But anyway, getting back into what we were jumping into to start the show, we were talking about the game last night. Football is back. And the Patriots took a big 42-27 to loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And like we said, we were just talking about the Patriots, really, the injuries. That's pretty much what we were into, the injuries. Dante Hightower also went down alongside Danny Amendola. As we talked about, DeMarcus Ayers maybe have to be back for the Patriots because of these injuries. Now they had to bring Philip Dorsett into the slot last night. But Tom Brady looks like he – 
looks like he's gonna, he may struggle this year. I mean, it's just one game. We know how New England is. They've had a couple of those games in the past. Not recently, but a couple of years back. But they have some of those games sometimes. And the Chiefs sometimes do make the Patriots struggle. But Gronk was held in check pretty much by Eric Berry the whole night, which it was tough. I just heard today Eric Berry torn Achilles. He's done for the year. So he has that big contract. It's an amazing state. safety. He's gone through a ton. And it's tough to have him go down great player you never want to see type of that guy go down no matter what team you root for but yeah so he went down but he kept Gronk in check Gronk only had a few grabs and only threw about 33 yards or something like that but Mike Gillisley the former Buffalo Bill three touchdowns he's pretty much he shined for the New England Patriots last night on the Kansas City side like we said Alex Smith 368 yards and four touchdowns two of them to Kareem Hunt one of them was a long 75-yard touchdown pass, which you never see a guy like Alex Smith. Everyone calls him the checkdown guy. He had to prove he was like I said, he was there to prove a lot of people wrong. He threw a lot, didn't just manage the game. He he threw 368 yards. I, I, you never really see that Alex Smith, but Kareem Hunt had a total of 246 yards. And three total touchdowns, one rushing and two receiving. So that was a big debut at Kareem Hunt after a first carry fumble. So that was that was pretty much the replay after that game. Is also the 75-yard touchdown that we talked about earlier was Tyreek Hill, and the dude just keeps getting 60-plus-yard touchdowns, just like he did at the end of the season last year. So he's a, he's a big factor for the Chiefs. He did get hurt, but came back into the game, which was probable to return. So he should be fine. But a lot of injuries, Eric Berry, feel for him. He's great safety. Brady may struggle with these guys out, but we'll see what happens. Maybe DeMarcus Ayers gets pulled up from the practice squad and Brady turns into him an absolute stud slot receiver, good punter turner. Somehow the Patriots can develop these guys like wildfire. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. So now we're going to get into a little bit of the Steeler preview of week one as we are going to do these now on Fridays. We're going to discuss the preview of the, the upcoming game. And then maybe we're debating on Sundays after the game. Or no, maybe not Sundays, maybe Mondays. We will discuss the post game and how everything went. So we're going to do it Sunday after the game or Monday post game. Probably Monday because of all the games that happen after or if it's a night game. So I would think Monday we'll definitely get more into that on our next show, which will be next week, early next week. And we have a lot of. Big, big announcements coming soon on the Twitter page. We will announce a couple of big guests coming on soon. One, I'll give you a little hint. He was a Super Bowl MVP, so hopefully you'll know soon, and it's going to be a great guest to have on the show. But anyway, so getting into the Steeler preview of this weekend against the Cleveland Browns, like we got into early with Alex, the two Steeler injuries pretty much is Gerald Hawkins. He'll be out today. He'll be out this weekend. To back, well, to back him up, he wasn't going to start, but to back him up, Chris Hubbard and Matt Failer can fit into that tackle position as the backup. And Bud Dupree is also questionable seeing this practice again today with a shoulder injury. As Hawkins, he's out with a knee, but Dupree with a shoulder injury. He was out today, another practice. He should, should be back this weekend, but if not, Anthony Chicklow would be the next man up and following would be James Harrison and Arthur Motes. So we'll definitely see how that goes the next day or two. I think Dupree should be fine, but stranger things have happened so we will see how that goes the Steelers do get a break though with the Miles Garrett injury is 
It was actually early in the week, Miles Garrett was just saying that Ben Roethlisberger is just another quarterback, just another guy that he's not just, he's not, everybody says he's so tough to take down and goes down with a high ankle sprain. So he's out for, well, they'll know in a couple of weeks how much the full length of the injury is, but he's out indefinitely as of now for the next couple of weeks, and he will miss the Steelers game this week. So that's big for the Steelers, as he did prove to be an absolute monster in the preseason with the Cleveland Browns, who actually did finish undefeated. You can see a funny picture on that. But I, I expect the Browns to not be too bad this year. I, I don't think that they're going to be as bad as they have been in the past. I think Kaiser will be all right with them. But if you look on my latest article on SteelerNation.com, I think in my top five predictions, I think Kaiser uh, gets picked early in the game by the former Brown Joe Hayden. Those I, I'm actually going to give you those right now because, you know what, why not? SteelerNation.com. Let's preview our stuff here. I mean, yeah, my five predictions were – I won't put them in order because if there was just – I'll just name the five. Joe Hayden pick. I think he's going to pick Joe or Deshaun Kaiser early. And I wanted to say often, but I can't think any more than one pick or more than one turnover. But I think he picks him off. He actually did. We actually had a tweet saved that he did delete a couple minutes after. Is that he? Someone tweeted at ESPN Cleveland radio host. Someone Cleveland or Cleveland. Someone tweeted to him saying, "Does Hugh send Sammy deep on Joe Hayden first uh, first series?" And he says. Like, definitely, like, it's going to happen for sure. And Joe Hayden comes back and says, and pick it off. But he did delete it a couple minutes after. I actually had the chance to screenshot that. I, I, I didn't know that I screenshotted it when I was typing up the article. I was looking for it, so I'm like, I'm sure somebody screenshotted this somewhere. But I had to screenshot it, so it, I realized that after the fact. So we got that on there as well, but... So the other predictions, I think T.J. Watt has a big debut. I think he has at least two and a half sacks. He had two sacks and ten tackles in the preseason, but I think he gets two and a half sacks in his first career game. He is my AFC Defensive Rookie of the Year prediction, not just because I'm a Steeler fan. I think he's got a lot of potential and can do a lot of big things this year, especially A.B. said that T.J. Watt's really going to surprise Steeler fans this season. And then another prediction was I think the special teams may surprise is with the Steeler depth chart out now for week one they have Juju Smith-Schuster as the number one returner and Artie Burns is actually right behind him so they've had Sammy Coates and Fitzgerald Toussaint in the past they've always kind of struggled with the return game the kick return game as well and and Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't really had the best kick returns when he was in college at USC but I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong I as long as he stays healthy because he did get injured a few in training camp and in the preseason, as long as he stays healthy, I think that he will definitely be a good fit back there. And Artie Burns, I'd like to see what he can do back there. The punt return side, I did see a report that Eli Rogers was getting a lot of returns back there. Right now, I think AB may be listed still as the number one punt returner. I get worried. He's a great punt returner, but I get worried about the injuries. We don't want AB injured. So I would take Eli back there. Obviously, I don't want Eli injured either, but I won't take the risk and we'll get the reward anyway. But Either of them, we'll see how it goes. It's pretty much going to probably depend punt by punt this weekend. I do think it's going to be a big 38-13 Steeler win, though. Hopefully I'm right. Sometimes at Cleveland, they like to play really close games with it being in the division. So we'll see what happens this weekend. 
The second prediction was I think Le'Veon Bell goes for 150 on only 20 or some carries. So I don't think he's going to get the full, full workload. But I, I think Connor will get a few carries here and there. But I think he Bell still goes for 150. And he's going to put up two touchdowns and I think one rushing and one receiving. And then my last take was I, all these takes, I think the Steelers are going to have ridiculous. I think A.B. and Martavis Bryant are just going to shine. I think A.B. is going to go for at least 10 catches and 100 yards. I don't know if Bryant will go for 100 yards, but I think he'll get a few catches. Definitely get one of those deep. I could see a 75-80 yard touchdown to Bryant early in the game is what I predicted. And that's what I think. I think the Steelers are definitely going to win this game. I I haven't had my hopes up. For, I think the Steelers team this year has a big chance, especially watching New England last night. I know it's one game. New England can definitely rebound. They've been the best team in the NFL for a while now. But I think the Steelers, New England did get exposed by Kansas City last night. The Steelers better have been watching that game carefully, coaching staff and players, because I think the Steelers are, I think they are absolutely stacked this year. Not even just saying because I'm a biased fan or anything like that. They have a star-studded roster, and they have to be, you would think, a top-two team in the AFC. And I'm also wondering now, as I predicted that, the Oakland Raiders would be better than the Kansas City Chiefs after watching last night. I really wish I could change my mind, but we'll see how it goes. It's one week, one game. We'll get more of the games on Sunday. Really excited for Steelers game. They're two days away. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great day, and hopefully we can take down the Cleveland Browns. So anyway, getting like we said, we were going to get into our little our little uh, partnerships that we are actually developing now too, as well as adding another member to our Steeler Nation staff as a contributor on our website. He, that's Chris Mueller. We'll add him. He said that's a big, big ad for us. He's going to produce every weekly pregame, every Friday. He'll be posting out his pregame thoughts on the week coming up. So it's good to add Chris with our staff. We hope to keep him for definitely – a good amount of time in the future. He is a great contributor. He's got great work. So I want you guys to go check it out. He just posted today, SteelerNation.com. So with our partnerships now, we just actually scored one with Skin It. Skin It produces cases. They produce little like, well, right, pretty much the name, Skin It, like skins for controllers, uh, PlayStation systems, Xbox systems. Mostly their cases is what they're big, big in for. That's their big little thing. You guys can go out right now for September 30th, 2017, and use the promo code SteelerNation20 and get 20% off all of Steeler Skinnit cases on skinnit.com. So I make sure you guys do that. We will be doing a Skinnit giveaway at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So when this show started, 2 p.m. on Sunday. So the same day as week one at 2 p.m., make sure to check out our Instagram for the information at SteelerNation.com. You can figure that for the information. The giveaway we're doing a giveaway for is going to be a Steeler Skinnit case. It's going to be you'll see more information on Sunday, and so it's just it's good to have Skinnit joining alongside us as we've got a lot of big things coming in the future. Like I said, a couple of big guests coming on in the next week or two. So stay tuned with everything on our Twitter at Steeler Nation and on our Instagram at SteelerNation.com. Check out our website SteelerNation.com. And again, you guys have been listening to the Steeler Nation podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Candelari. I'm signing off. Have a good one, everyone.
When the night call, yeah, I call out my soldiers just to come and brawl, yeah. Soldiers. When the night call, yeah, I call out my soldiers just to come and brawl, yeah. All set. When the night call, we can link up, we can all. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.